0: Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Our show is about to begin.
1: With its memorable themes, descriptive textures, and extremely close synchronization with the action on screen, the film score for Raiders of the Lost Ark is, just like the film itself, a love letter to adventure movies of the past. This is The Soundtrack Show. I got to know and work with Johnny Williams on Star Wars because of Stephen who had recommended him. And, uh, you know, it was great. You know, it was th- that's the most fun part of making a movie for me, because you don't have to do anything. You just sit back and listen and it's all. And with Johnny, it's just fantastic. And it was like, it was, you know, going to the, the, the scoring session, for me, was like watching the movie get made. Because here's the greatest composer and everything he does is brilliant. And I'm working with the greatest director and everything he does is brilliant you know, and a great writer, everything he does is great. I didn't have to do anything. I just sort of watched everybody and
0: said, oh, that's fantastic, you know, because it really was. I've been very fortunate to to work with both George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, because in the case of both of those gentlemen, they are interested in music, and as I've said earlier, very comfortable with it, and use it in a very uh, theatrical way that gives the music an opportunity to project itself, and gives me an opportunity to write to, to support the architecture of, the, of their pieces in a thematic way that to the uh, extent that wouldn't be possible in all kinds of films.
1: Welcome back to the soundtrack show. I'm your host, David W. Collins, and this episode kicks off the musical adventure that is Raiders of the Lost Ark. The first film in the Indiana Jones series from Paramount Pictures produced by George Lucas, written by Lawrence Kasdan, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Harrison Ford, with a film score by John Williams. In February of 1981, John Williams, along with the London Symphony Orchestra, recorded over 80 minutes of music for Raiders. But wait, wait, how did we get here? How did our creatives even decide to make Raiders of the Lost Ark? In order to really understand the film score, we need to understand the film itself. We need to know exactly what the creatives were going for. So let's rewind and go back a few years. May 1977. Location? The beach in front of the Mauna Kea Hotel in Hawaii. George Lucas and his then wife, Marcia Lucas, were on vacation with their pals, Steven Spielberg and Amy Irving. Star Wars had just opened and Lucas was ready for a break after making that film, one of the most exhausting experiences of his life. Here, on the beach, on vacation, finally beginning to accept Star Wars's opening success, Lucas starts to relax and Spielberg and Lucas begin building a giant sandcastle. And as they do, they talk about the future. Here is a quote from the book George Lucas, A Life by Brian J. Jones, quote, At last Lucas could begin to relax, confident that he had a hit on his hands that would last longer than the weekend. In fact, the accountants at Fox were already predicting that, on its current trajectory, Star Wars would overtake Jaws as the highest grossing movie of all time. Almost as if he were sizing up his competition, it was perhaps little wonder then, that as the two of them lolled on the beach and began scooping and packing sand to form a castle, Lucas casually asked Spielberg, "'What do you want to do next?' Spielberg, who had only just wrapped Close Encounters of the Third Kind, didn't even blink. He'd had his eye on James Bond for years. United Artists, however, which owned the Bond franchise, had politely but firmly refused to hand over the suave spy. And then, recalled Spielberg, George said he had a film that was even better than a James Bond. Lucas began describing the character he'd come up with in the midst of slogging through the script for Star Wars. A dashing and wily college archaeology professor and part-time treasure hunter named Indiana Smith. Obviously, his last name was changed later. As Lucas explained the project to Spielberg, He also mentioned that the adventures of Indiana Smith, like Star Wars, would be a nod to the old weekly movie serials, particularly Don Winslow of the Navy, and that he envisioned Smith as wearing a fedora and carrying a bullwhip, looking something like Humphrey Bogart's grizzled gold digger in Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Spielberg, who spoke the same filmic language as Lucas, saw the possibilities immediately and was completely hooked, air quotes. Are you interested? Lucas asked. I want to direct it, said Spielberg. That was fine with Lucas. Directing Star Wars had been exhausting and not very much fun. Better than to serve as a producer, which really would give him a great deal of control, and turn the day-to-day drudgery of directing over to someone else. It's yours, Lucas said. End quote. The score for Raiders like the movie itself, is an updated take on the music that accompanied the Saturday matinee serials like Don Winslow of the Navy from 1942, I can make that dive. Look, sharks.
0: Hey, God, Don made it. Do you skip them, man
1: And Black Hawk Fearless Champion of Freedom from 1952.
0: In an isolated section of the Southwest United States, a hidden airport, secret base of cleverly designed planes which appear conventional, but are powered with super engines. Headquarters of the Blackhawks, guardians of the peace who do not use guns, but meet armed violence with superior skill and strength.
1: It was also heavily inspired by the sweeping adventures of Warner Brothers movies of the 1930s and 40s, like Casablanca. The Adventures of Don Juan, King Solomon's Mines, and of course, the aforementioned Treasure of Sierra Madre. Many of these scores, by the way, were from Max Steiner, the classic legendary film composer. And while Raiders does have similarities to Star Wars, I mean, both scores use the London Symphony Orchestra, both are scored by John Williams, obviously, both have memorable themes, both are love letters to movies and serials of the past, Star Wars, for example, was heavily influenced by the old Flash Gordon serials, etc. Even though these similarities exist, the way the music functions in Raiders of the Lost Ark is very different. Star Wars was heavily influenced by that sort of macro, top-down view grandeur of 19th century opera, a la Wagner, Strauss, and others. The kind of music that inspired giant epic films and film scores like Ben-Hur or Ivanhoe. Raiders, on the other hand, is much more in the weeds with its characters, closely following their actions. Now, while it does celebrate their victories with fanfares of music just like Star Wars does, Raider's music also fumbles when our hero does. It pinpoints fear, exhaustion, clumsiness, bravery, stupidity, and plenty of humor and camp, along with hitting the high points of heroism and romance. Here are a few examples. Instead of an action cue like this, In Raiders, we get this. Instead of chase music like this... We get this. fallibility of our characters, and that subversion of the classic rules of such campy serials seems to define the music of Raiders, which then helps define the mood of the film itself. Even the themes in Raiders can be wildly different in tone. After the success of the score of Star Wars and 1978's Superman score, John Williams had famously mastered a certain type of main theme an almost indestructible, grandiose heroism found in the perfect intervals of Luke Skywalker, a.k.a. the main title from Star Wars, and Superman's theme from Richard Donner's Superman. If you remember the main title, its main intervals are like the rock pillars of Western music. Perfect fifths, perfect fourths, and massive interval leaps. Superman's theme was very similar, an opening fifth then up to the octave, and then, you know, this, is kind of, this, by the way, perfect fourth is just an inverted fifth, and then all the way down in perfect intervals. In my episode called, What is Music? Seriously, what is it? I talk a lot about perfect intervals being sort of the pillars of Western music. Check out that episode if you want to know more. But basically, these intervals represent pure strength, indestructible and heroic. And not a trace of irony in those themes. Totally sincere. Masterfully done, of course, with a world-class orchestration. But now, our filmmakers and John Williams are presenting us with a very, very different kind of hero in Raiders of the Lost Ark. When it came time to write a theme for Indiana Jones, the heretofore unknown main character of Raiders, the music was going to require something very Very different. And now for a brief intermission.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place For a happy price Go to your happy price price Priceline We return now to the soundtrack show. John, uh, you know, saw the movie and and loved it and went off to write the music and he called me one day and previewed all the themes on the piano. And, uh, you know, he'd he'd actually written two Raiders themes. He had written... Play that for me, which I freaked out over. I loved it so much. Then he said, and here's another possible Raiders main theme, and he played. And and so he had had two choices, and I think my only input was to say, can't you use both? And he did. He made the latter
1: the bridge, and he made the former the main theme. I've said it before, but it bears repeating: music is a language. When we speak, our inflection, our rising and lowering tones, our pace, emphasis, etc. absolutely changes the meaning, often the very nature, of what it is that we are communicating. We are communicating. We are communicating? The same is true with music. How a melody is crafted, what a melody is trying to say, what emotion it's trying to evoke, its sense of confidence, or its sense of humor, It's emotions. Also, the journey it takes you on, where it begins, where it ends, and how it gets there. Composers and their music are constantly talking to us when we watch movies, or any other form of entertainment, either playing with or against what the characters are doing and saying on screen. What does all of that have to do with the Raiders' March, that famous melody that defines this entire franchise? Well, for starters, it tells a very different story than, say, the Star Wars main title or the Superman title that I played earlier. While it ends with all the heroism and victorious emotion needed to score the high points of Indy's career, just like those other themes, the journey it takes to get there is full of setbacks and musical highs and lows. Now, before I break it down, I think we need to talk about the main character, Indiana Jones himself. He is, as I mentioned, a very different kind of hero, in that he's practically an anti-hero, even more so in this first film than in any of the others that follow. When we first meet Jones, we don't even know if he's the good guy or the bad guy. He has no spiritual life, he ignores any warning about the Ark's power, He clearly wounded a young woman in a relationship in his past, so much so that he and his mentor had a falling out over it. And he chooses fortune and glory over saving that woman, not once, but twice, in our story. That's right, Indy chooses the Ark over Marion twice. And yet, in spite of just being one negative push away from becoming his adversary, Belloc, Indiana Jones is brave. He's extremely intelligent. He's obviously very passionate. He actually does care very deeply about Marion. We'll talk about that later. He cares deeply about being a scholar and a professor and ultimately about being on the right side of history. He's also in over his head. He charges headfirst into impossible scenarios with no plan. He's clumsy. He's stubborn. All of this by way of saying that his good qualities and his faults make him a relatable and endlessly likable hero. So, How do you convey all of that musically? Adventure, danger, a stumbling yet ultimately successful series of victories, a rough and tumble adventure story with a less than perfect protagonist. Enter the Raiders March. Unlike Luke's earnest galaxy-saving theme, which plays as the main title in Star Wars or Superman's Pillars of Strength, this theme doesn't present us with a tidy hero. First, instead of giving us the main note of the melody, what's known as the tonic, we're going to go ahead and play this in C major. It's the key that the whole melody is centered around. Instead of giving us this on a strong downbeat like this, right, like Star Wars does, three, four, one, it actually struggles to even get there, to present itself by wearily walking up to it like this. And the main tonic doesn't even land on the downbeat. It's late. He shows up late. Three, four, one. One and. It finally does get there. Now, by contrast, when Luke's theme gets there, right on the downbeat, it goes straight up to the heroic fifth. And then ultimately gathering strength for this huge interval leap of a minor seventh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know all about that. But Indy's March? (laughs) Yeah, not at all. In fact, after struggling to find the one, to even arrive, to even present himself as a melody or a hero at all, Indy gets knocked back down even lower than when he started. He started here, and now he's here. So he gets knocked down. But here's the thing about Indy, the thing that makes him a hero. Somehow, through sheer force of will, against all odds, with no right to succeed, he pushes and pushes his way back up to even greater heights, landing here. There's your big Indy interval leap. Way to go, Dr. Jones. Now, again, he's landing a little bit late, admittedly, and one, and... But it's as if the melody says, you can't hold Indiana Jones down. Confident now, Indy has a bit of a reversal of fortune. Yeah, that feels good. All right, so let's try this whole thing again. I'm Indiana. Indy walks up to us again, just like he did at the top of the melody. And yes, admittedly, he gets knocked down. He knows he does. He gets knocked back now and again. By the way, that phrase is the same as before. Just an octave higher. Maybe he knows it's coming. Maybe he knows how to deal with it. It shows us how Indy repeatedly overcomes the odds. And John Williams also does something really special here during this. Now, to point this out, throughout the entire piece, up until this point, the chords have been extremely simple underneath. Just kind of a one chord. You know. And then it'll go to the kind of a five chord. And that's really it. It just kind of does these chords over and over again. But when you get to here, he does something really, really cool. Suddenly, on this phrase, we are shown that Indy faces incredible danger. The road to fortune and glory is fraught with peril, and this is expressed musically with a very ominous flat two chord over this phrase that seems to come out of nowhere and interrupt this cute little march, right? You're you're here. But after surviving again and again, the piece finally gives us a hard-earned victory lap as we ride home into the sunset. repeating it, trailing off as the adventures continue on and on. Now, all of this information goes by very, very quickly in this melody, but these are the reasons why this piece, this march, is so iconic. That's a perfect example of the kind of collaboration
0: that we have we have done with these things. Interesting about that... A very simple little sequence of notes, but I spend more time on those little bits of musical grammar, to get them just right so that they seem inevitable, seem like they've always been there, they're so simple, Uh, and you think it's it's almost like Eureka, of course there it is, it has to be that. And uh, I don't know how many permutations I will go through with a six note motif like that, one note down, one note up, and spend a lot of time on these little simplicities, which are often the hardest things to capture, I think for anybody. It's not difficult to, obfuscate, to complicate, to add layers of of things, but to peel layers off and to get to, get to an essential phrase uh, that speaks directly and succinctly and
1: clearly, they're hard to find. As William said, he works so hard, for so long, on these little bits of musical grammar to express something that is exactly right, almost inevitable for the character. Drama, of course, is tension and release, tension and release, a whole series of that. So is music, quite literally, a series of tonal tensions and feel-good releases, as either mathematically tense or pleasant sound waves greet us. To spend the time crafting a melody that is so deceptively simple, yet so perfect for the character that Spielberg, Lucas, Kasdan, and actor Harrison Ford created, is no accident. It is 100% intentional. At this point, I think it's worth mentioning that this theme is rolled out to us in a somewhat different way in Raiders of the Lost Ark than, say, the theme in Star Wars. The Raiders' March is chock full of heroism and sings out victory during some very rousing moments in Raiders, just like in Star Wars. In fact, more so. You see, often with John Williams' themes in his film scores, he builds the use of that theme up over time. It's actually not the case with the Raiders' March. We actually get the Raiders' march very early and fully developed, and we get it often. I want to read a passage from John Williams' Film Music, an excellent book by Emilio Audacino, who offers a full musical analysis of Raiders, among other things, in the book. And he has this to say on this very subject. Quote, Following the aesthetics of old serials, when the main theme is introduced for the first time, in the case of Raiders, it's at the end of the South American opening jungle sequence, It is immediately presented in its outright nature as a heroic theme, without following the classical tradition requiring a gradual introduction of the protagonist and his evolution over the course of the narrative. A comparison with Star Wars and Superman can make this point clearer. In those cases, the main theme is presented in the opening credits as an anticipation of the musical goal to be reached. We hear it again much later, only when the protagonist has finally attained a certain degree of evolution on the heroism scale. In Star Wars, for example, after the opening title sequence, we hear the main theme again when we see Luke on Tatooine for the first time. The narration tells us here that the main title theme is Luke's leitmotif, but it is played as a French horn solo and then reprised by the woodwinds in a light orchestration. Still an immature version of the theme. Lou?
0: Luke! Luke! Luke,
1: tell your uncle if he gets a translator, be sure it speaks bocce.
0: Doesn't look like we have much of a choice, but I'll remind him. <laughs>
1: Only when Luke rescues Princess Leia from the prison and is pursued by the Imperial Guards, crosses a chasm with her in his arms, then we hear his leitmotif played heroically by the trumpets. Luke has taken the first step toward his heroic maturity. I'm going to skip ahead, but Adesino makes the same point with Superman. How Williams withholds the theme until a fully caped man of steel flies out of his fortress of solitude deep within the film. Adesino goes on to say Raiders' main theme is not presented in the opening title sequence, but it always appears when Indiana Jones shows up. Undoubtedly, this march has ended up being associated with the film in the minds of viewers. But it is primarily Indiana Jones's personal leitmotif. Again, Raiders is not about the hero's journey, but about a hero's journey. The music has to represent not heroism, but one type of heroism. This may also explain why the Williams trademark heroic Perfect Fifth, which is the basis of Luke's and Superman's leitmotifs, is not used for Indiana Jones. End quote. The point of all this? Raiders and the Raiders' March breaks the Williams mold when it comes to how this theme is used. Indiana Jones is who he is. He's already a fully established character when we meet him at the top of the movie, and his theme is used liberally throughout, even with a big fanfare at the top of the opening sequence.
0: The Soundtrack Show will continue in a moment. We return now to The Soundtrack Show.
1: There are two other incredible themes in Raiders that we need to discuss beyond the Raiders' March. The first is vastly different and far more traditional than the Raiders' March as a cinematic theme. And that is the love theme for Marion Ravenwood, a.k.a. Marion's Theme. I I just love the character of Marion. I I thought she was wonderful and I loved her
0: spunk and spirit and... um... Karen Allen was the actress that that did that, and she did, I thought, such a beautiful job. And, of course, when I wrote the music for Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think I understood that that was to be the first in the series. And I didn't know where this love story was going to go, if, if anywhere, you know. But in spite of their spiky relationship, I thought that there was a real spark between the two of them and a real sort of potential love story was there. We had it anyway, but I thought the music, if if the music were lyrical and and emotional and warm, and the orchestra could sing this love theme, even if we didn't have love, love scenes, that it might be permissible to interject that kind of musical emotion in, in, in their relationship.
1: Right away, we can hear that this theme has a very passionate energy, one that would be considered feminine and romantic by classic Hollywood's playbook. This theme should be very familiar even upon first hearing it in 1981, as it is so reminiscent of Leia's theme and Han Solo and the Princess from the Star Wars series. In fact, all three of them start out exactly the same, with a melodic interval called a major sixth. Or Han and Leia's theme. Here's that major sixth again. Marion's theme even has a similar chord progression to Leia's theme, starting with the one major to the four minor. But in Marion's theme, you know, that melody really hits that minor chord really hard here in a way that Leia's kind of dances around making Marion's theme feel somewhat more modal and exotic almost giving it a chromatic flavor that sets it in Asia that is again by classic Hollywood standards and then after that the piece really goes off in its own direction gorgeous, timeless melody. Here is another quote from Emilio Adesino's book, John Williams Film Music. Quote, Marion's theme acts as the film's love theme and recalls those of the classical Hollywood and sounds outright romantic, air quotes, thanks to the opening major sixth Emotional leap to the whole note, this is the whole note, one, two, three, four, the languishing rhythmic dilation given by the triplet of quarter notes, three notes played on two beats, and the stretching of the melodic line, creating an effect of longing, which is typical of the Romantic dialect. Williams commented, and this is a John Williams quote, I used to love those old romantic themes in Warner Brothers films like Now Voyager. Now Voyager, for our information, is a movie from 1942 starring Betty Davis and Paul Henry and Claude Rains uh, with a film score by Max Steiner, who, you know, John Williams is really emulating all throughout Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, in fact, I think it's important for us to actually listen to a little bit of Now Voyager. Let's go ahead and stop and do that. I'm going to play a clip of Max Steiner's score for Now Voyager. Listen to the triplet figure here, the da-da-dum. You see that elongated triplet feeling here. This is a a direct lift that John Williams takes from this. I'm going to go forward. You can really hear it later on here. There it is. So this kind of, this da-da-dee-dum-bum, di dum is directly from Steiner's score for Now Voyager. And John Williams said as much. This is truly, Marion's theme is truly an homage to classic Hollywood. I'm going to go on reading this quote from Odesino's book. And this is Odesino actually quoting Williams. Quote, For the love story between Indiana Jones and Marion, I thought that the music could be like one of those 30s themes, and that would contrast well with the humor and silliness, even if it's inappropriate emotionally, that's the end of Williams' quote. But Adesino goes on to say, "The harmony is chromatic and more complex if compared to the light motif of Indiana Jones. That's for sure, and serves to add to the tough Marion character a gloss of feminine charm. It also creates a musical contrast with Jones's quote masculine theme, and gives body to that sense of nostalgia for their lost love that is barely mentioned by the film narration." End quote. So it is actually very similar to what what they did with Leia. The music plays against type. You know, what Spielberg and Lucas is giving us in Marion, just like they did in Leia, is a strong female character. The music is providing emotional context for what's really going on between Indy and Marion, or of course, what has gone on in the past. But here's the interesting thing about Marion's theme. I mentioned earlier that we know that Indiana Jones loves Marion. Marion's theme is not really Marion's theme. Like we just talked about. It's actually a theme for Indy's love of Marion. Let me explain and let me demonstrate. The first time we hear Marion's theme is when Indy and Brody are discussing her back at Indy's house before he travels to Nepal and our adventure really begins.
0: Gotta locate Abner if I know where to start. So she'll still be with him? Possibly. Marion's the least of your worries right now, believe me, What do you mean? Well, I mean that for nearly 3,000 years, man has been searching for the lost ark.
1: Yet, once we arrive in Nepal and meet Marion, her theme isn't heard at all. (laughs) Even when Marion is finally alone, we don't hear Marion's theme.
0: See you tomorrow, Indiana Jones.
1: That theme isn't her, it's their relationship. The theme doesn't play when Marion is on screen alone. It only plays when Marion and Jones are together.
0: Then it shall be welcome in our house. (laughs) Oh, well, no,
1: you don't have to keep it here just because of me.
0: (laughs) I knew the Germans would hire you, Sala. You're the best digger in Egypt.
1: And even, oftentimes, it plays when Marion isn't on screen at all. As we've discussed, it plays when Indy's on screen thinking about her. Indeed, it is a theme for Indiana Jones' love for her and not necessarily for Marion herself. Credit to Emilio Adesino, who first pointed this out. The last and final theme that I want to discuss today is for the MacGuffin of Raiders itself, the Ark theme. Raiders is part adventure, part romance, but also part mystery. The spiritual power of the Ark, given to us mostly by music only, at least all the way up to the end of the movie, when we really get it, visually. The music tells us, all throughout the picture, that the arc is powerful, beyond understanding, even. The characters warn us, sure, Marcus warns us, the textbooks that Indy references at the beginning of the film warn us, but it's the music that gives a strong sense of foreboding. musically, there are two things worth pointing out about this piece. First of all, while this melody contains the dreaded diabolus in musica, the devil's tone, the tritone, in fact, it's almost the whole melody, more than just that, this melody featuring this haunted interval is dressed in not one minor key, but two minor keys which are a tritone apart. For example, this is E minor. A tritone away is B flat. This is B flat minor. Of course, you voice it like this and it sounds a little better. When put together, it gives us this haunting, diminished, mysterious sound. And then you add in William's gorgeous orchestration, credit must also go to his orchestrator, the late Herb Spencer, and you get a piece that grows with brass, female choir, tremolo strings, and frightened woodwinds. Let's take a listen to the arc theme. A haunting yet gorgeous piece. This supernatural element lifts the whole film to a completely new level of intrigue. This is the epic background that our adventure is set against. On the next episode, we're going to start our adventure in South America and work our way through some of the finer points of this score in detail. The close synchronization, the orchestral textures, and the nature of the music will hopefully make for some fascinating and completely entertaining listening. As always, I love hearing from you, and your feedback is so appreciated, I can't even tell you. Please send me an email at this new email address, Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. And please take a moment to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Soundtrack Show HSW or on Twitter at Soundtrack HSW. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at David W. Collins. Thank you.